Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about overcoming worry and fear. Anxiety and worry are among the most common challenges that we all face in an uncertain world. Anti-anxiety medications are one of the highest class of prescription medications around the world. And yet the Bible reveals to us that these challenges with worry and fear are common to fallen people. And the gospel of Jesus Christ and the sufficient resources that we find in the Word of God are indeed adequate to address these particular problems. To help us to think through this essential topic, I'm very thankful to be with Stephen Yule today. Stephen is the teaching pastor and elder at Grace Community Church in Glen Rose, Texas, right here in the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area. He is also adjunct professor of biblical spirituality in the Ph.D. program at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and the author of several books. I'm also thankful that he is a contributor to the CBCD training events and to our resource website. So, Stephen, welcome to the podcast today. It's good to be here. Very good to have you with us. So uh, we're talking today about worry and fear, and uh, maybe I'll just start with a general question. How does the Bible help us to understand the nature of fear and worry? Well, the Bible has a lot to, to say on the subject. I think one of the most helpful, profitable, timely biblical insights is is distinguishing between what I like to call natural fear and sinful fear. Um, and a part, an important starting point when we talk about this is recognizing that there is uh, a legitimate fear. There is a legitimate worry. We live in a fallen world. We live in a very imperfect world. We live in a world marred by sin and all of those consequences. And uh, as humans, uh, fear and worry are going to factor into our daily lives. But the Bible makes it clear that there's uh, there's a line we can easily cross, quickly cross where we fall into the realm of, uh, of sinful fear or sinful, sinful worry. And, and the Bible seems to point us in a very simple direction. It, um, it indicates that we cross that line when our, when our fear is uh, the result of us ascribing ultimate power to something other than God. And our sinful worry, we cross that line from, you know, sort of what we might call natural worry into sinful worry, when we uh, ascribe ultimate value to something other than God. And so basically that line is, is, pretty, is pretty easy to identify. It's when um, we've taken something in this world, an experience or an object, um, whatever the case might be, and we've given it something that doesn't really belong to it, belongs to God alone, and we end up then in that realm of sinful worry and sinful fear. Well, that's very helpful um, to see both a natural manifestation of those things and then they sort of jump a fence, change categories into a sinful... Yeah, the great, you know, the, you know, the example I often use, it gets a little old, but it's, uh, you know, here in Texas, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a real possibility. You wander out of your home one morning and there you see a rattlesnake. What do you do? Well, you're afraid of it. It's fear. It's a good thing. It's essential for self-preservation. You turn around and you go back inside your house. You get a, a rake or something to move it out of the way. You dispose of it. You call for help. You do something. Uh, that's natural fear. 
And, um, and we don't want to deny that. We don't want to deny the reality of that. But here's the thing. When you walk out of your house and you see that rattlesnake, if you were to turn around and go back inside your house and say to your spouse, look, we're packing our bags and we're moving to Wisconsin where they don't have snakes, or you start screaming, I'm never going to go out of my house again, well, you have now ascribed ultimate power to that snake and you have crossed the line from a natural fear into a sinful fear because you are actually giving to that snake an attribute, a property that belongs to God alone. So it is, it is very simple when we stop and we think about it yeah. and that entire process of how we move from the one to the other. That's very helpful. So um, how might a person identify whether or not their fear is natural and thus you know, okay before the Lord and sinful. Um, maybe talk about the role of emotions, talk about the role of how one would know that ultimate power or value has been ascribed to that object. When it controls us. That's really what it comes down to. And we know the difference. If we stop and take stock and examine ourselves, we know the difference. It's when that fear or that worry is controlling us and in particular our thought patterns. Hmm. Where we, you know, lie awake in bed at night, obsessing about something or grip with fear over something, um, something that might happen, something that has happened, and we keep replaying the same sorry details over and over in our minds uh, to the point where we have actually lost control of our thinking that then affects us emotionally and all the baggage that comes along with it. That then begins to affect and impact our relationships negatively, especially close relationships. Um, we don't have to be rocket scientists to figure this out. We, we're, we can just take a look and understand when we've crossed that line in terms of those three categories, our thought patterns, our emotional response, and how it is now affecting and impacting our relationships negatively, we know we're in an unhealthy place. So let's say somebody who's listening to this would say, Stephen, I'm in that place right now. I'm being controlled by an ungodly fear, a, a, a sinful worry. How does the Bible help me? Well, what does God's word say that might help a person like that? I think there are three. I mean, when I, when I, when I walk through this myself, because you and I, we, you don't, you never get over this. This is part of, Sinful creatures, yes, redeemed, being renewed in the likeness of Christ, but this is a struggle. And so I know from my own experience, I know in, in, uh, in sitting down and working with others and talking with others about this subject, that without oversimplifying, I, I, I'm seeking to accomplish three very simple things. One, recognizing where this does come from and, and recognizing for what it is, uh, identifying and not being afraid to call it a sin. This is a sin, and therefore there is a need to deal with it as we would deal with any sin. That's confession. That's confession to God. That's confession to others, certainly if our actions have then impacted others. Uh, that's repenting and acknowledging that this is wrong in the eyes of the Lord, acknowledging that this is dishonoring to God, and, uh, and bringing it before him and confessing it for what it is. Coupled with that, and equally important, it's celebrating the gospel. And uh, faith in the gospel is the remedy for just about everything that ails us. And reminding ourselves from Scripture, 
of what the gospel is, the Lord Jesus offering up himself as a, a substitute for our sins upon Calvary cross, Calvary's cross, perfect and full atonement, recognizing that uh, you know salvation is offered to all those who believe in the Lord Jesus. We believe in him, we're made one with him, and that shapes our entire identity. Um, that gives me true self-worth, that I am beloved in the eyes of God. I am now a child of God. I am redeemed. I am an heir with Christ. I have an inheritance awaiting me. These things are the object of my hope, and I make that hope a present reality and seek to live day by day, 24-7, in the light of my identity in Christ. And then the third thing with those two, I'm, I'm not dragging this out, am I? But it's uh, it's pointing people to God. So again, sinful fear arises when we've given ultimate power to something other than God. Sinful worry arises when we've given ultimate value to something other than God. And so we need to remind people of who God is. We need a healthy dose of God. And uh, there are many different places in Scripture we could take people to. The most obvious is Matthew 6 there in the Sermon on the Mount, especially given the fact that there the Lord Jesus commands us three times, do not be anxious for anything. In other words, stop worrying, uh, stop fearing in the sinful sense. And he reminds us that ultimate power belongs to God. God uh, clothes the grass of the field. God feeds the birds of the air. Uh, what does that mean? We, we need to remind ourselves of that daily, that we, we belong to the sovereign of the universe. We belong to the one who possesses all power. There is no power apart from God. Every other power is a borrowed power. And we need to remind ourselves of that. And in the same sermon, same text, the Lord Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's ultimate value. Ultimate value is knowing God. Ultimate value is being a member in his kingdom. Ultimate value is having the hope of eternal life. And and we bring these two great truths then, God's power, God's inestimable worth, into this fallen world, into our experiences. And um, by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, these truths shape our perspective, our sense of reality. This isn't something that changes overnight. It doesn't fear. Sinful fear and sinful worry doesn't vanish in a moment. This is something we're going to struggle with each and every day. And so hence the need for that, that healthy meditation upon God's word and that constant reminding of ourselves who God is and the fact that we belong to him in Christ Jesus. When I've heard you teach on this subject, you've often talked about the relationship between fear and love. Mm. Maybe you could take a moment just to explain that because I found that very helpful uh, when I heard you. Yes, it's, uh, you know, another, that is a very helpful way to approach this as well, is, um, is when our love is, is fixed on God. And when our hearts are truly focused where they ought to be focused, um, on the beauty of God as revealed in the Lord Jesus, celebrating his faithfulness, celebrating his his goodness, his loving kindness, all of these things manifested in so many different ways, most clearly manifested upon Calvary's cross. Um, that love is the essence of what it means to fear God. Um, you know, in the Bible, we're told to fear the Lord. We're actually told the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And often when we think of that word fear, it sort of conjures up a negative you know, connotation 
But in actual fact, it's a very positive thing. To truly fear God is to fear him as a son fears his father. It's a fear rooted and grounded in love and esteem for him, an acknowledgement that our father knows what is best for us. Our father wants what is best for us. Our father cares for us as his adopted children. And so as we grow in our appreciation of who he is, as our love for him is kindled each and every day, we fear him. And that what we call filial fear, or the fear of a son for the father, is a fear that will push out sinful fear. Again, arising when we've given ultimate power to things that really don't possess that kind of power. So you fight fear with fear. You fight fear with fear. That's right. Well, this has been very, very helpful. Um, you mentioned Matthew chapter 6 mm. as being a key text. Um, what are some other texts that you've uh, found to be either helpful in your own life or as you have shepherded and ministered to others uh, dealing with these issues of fear and worry? I think the Psalms are wonderful. And uh, any number of Psalms, um, I'm thinking of Psalm... 120, 121, 122, in that early section of what we call the uh, sort of the Psalms of Ascent uh, are wonderful. These Psalms, which remind us of these essential truths, um, God's creatorship, God's sovereignty over all things, his providential works, uh, powerful reminders of his power his wisdom, his goodness. Why I say the Psalms is because the Psalms are poetry and they're emotional. And so not only are they articulating divine truth, uh, the Psalmists are, are expressing their experience of those truths. And that's where we're at in terms of fear and worry. And we find that they, there's nothing new under the sun, right? And that the Psalmists struggled with fear and worry as well. And, uh, and so we can get back into a lot of these Psalms and we can identify immediately with their fear their worry, their anxiety, the problems that plagued them, and we can accompany them on their journey then as they bring these things before God and remind themselves in a very healthy way of who God is and bring those truths to bear on their circumstances. And you'll often find that many psalms that begin in darkness, they will end in light. Uh, They begin sort of in that voice of lament. They'll end on that note of praise. And what has triggered the difference or how do we account for this drastic change is the psalmist gives himself a good dose of the Almighty and reminds himself as to who God is, celebrates God and all of his wonders. So the psalms, they're a place I I regularly go with people and encourage people then to read devotionally and especially those struggling with fear and worry and put these things in the context of these psalms. What are some resources that our listeners might benefit from to take what we've talked about today and, and take the next step as they uh, as they seek to honor God in dealing with fear and worry? Yeah, the one resource I push is a is a little book called Triumphing Over Sinful Fear. It's not a very long book. It's not an intimidating book. Uh, written by a man named John Flavel. It might surprise our listeners to hear it was written what, almost 350 years ago. And yet it is a gem and uh, contains a lot of wisdom because he walks the reader, you know, through this journey, beginning with, okay, what, what are we talking about? What is this fear? Where does it come from? And how do we identify it? And then he very pastorally um, puts forth what he calls remedies. 
and has numerous remedies, very saturated with scripture, very biblical and theological, well-grounded, but just a very helpful resource for those struggling with this, for those ministering to others who might be struggling with this. Just a great resource to have at hand um, because he he leaves no stone unturned. And it's very exhaustive in its treatment. It's an old book, but it's been edited. So the, the, the English, is it's not that old English. It's been edited for modern readers and simplified somewhat. And I think it's just a real delightful read and a very helpful resource. John Flavel, Triumphing Over Sinful That's Fear. And, and what you didn't say is you had the privilege of uh, editing that well, work. I didn't want so. to say that because if there are any <laughs> issues with the editing, then that comes back on me. But yeah, yeah, I did. Well, I found it very helpful. I know several others have. And I would add uh, for our listeners also your book called Longing for Home, which is your mm. work on the Psalms of Ascent, which I think yes. would be very helpful uh, as well. Yeah, I'm glad you raised that one because there are two or three chapters in that book that deal specifically with this subject matter and then how to apply a psalm, how the psalms speak into it. Yeah, that's, that's right. a good one. That's right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being here today. Very helpful, and, and I know our listeners will, uh, will benefit from our conversation today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. If you'd like more information about Pastor Stephen Yule, and the Ministry of Grace Community Church in Glenrose, you can visit their website at gccministries.org. And for more information about CBCD, you can visit us at our website, thecbcd.org.